Welcome to episode 247 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Alright guys, welcome along to episode 247 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How you going, mate? I'm very good, thanks. And you, Bevan? I'm, uh, I'm good too. We're not in the studios right now. John, you're in your bedroom, are you? Where are you? I'm in the, the hub, the office. The hub? Is it called the hub, is it? It's called the hub. Oh, it's where everything cool. happens in this house. I'm in my Auckland hub. I'm in my hotel room. And I'm uh, currently looking at the... Well, not much really. The view's pretty poor. <laughs> so, uh, on this week's show, we've oh, I Am Talk is proudly brought to you by... Coffeesofhawaii.com The world's best tasting coffee Athlinks.com Social networking for endurance athletes for tracking your results and all that kind of good stuff And extreme endurance Galactic buffer to make you go faster And on this week's show we've got uh, we've got some news, we've got High Five of the Week, we've got Website of the Week, Coach's Corner and Questions and Answers And uh, you think this week's show's going to be a bit light mate? It's a bit light, but they always are when they Skype, so I'm okay with that. But at this time of the year, there is uh, minimal news around, you know, so we've just got to make do with what we've got. Got a few interviews lined up in the next few weeks. Oh, good times. Well, first of all, we've got a... Uh, and if you, can hear, if you can hear my kids screaming in the background, just it's just a bit of, bit of, uh, uh, of ambiance, ground noise, you know, just, just roll with it. It's just end to the experience, isn't it? It's keeping it real long. <laughs> that's, that's right. <laughs> You've actually asked them to do that, haven't you? <laughs> I have, yeah. Just wait. Thomas will be pounding on the door any minute. Okay, news. News is proudly brought to you by xtry.com. Check out Xtry for the latest news, reviews, and interviews of the stars. But first of all, uh, John Aaron Horowitz or Hurwitz sent through a race result from Israel Man. Yes, yeah, so this is uh, typically the first Ironman, no, it's probably the second Iron Distance race of the year. Obviously, Challenge Wanaka is the first one, but it was on 21st of January. Um, it has been around for a few years now. Don't get a, it doesn't look like they get a huge feel, but my reading of Arabic uh, is not particularly impressive. So on this page that I'm looking at, there's maybe this is only page one, but there's 50, 50 names on here, so I don't know if they've got a lot more finishes than that or not. But um, good old Mark Svetson, who won Challenge Wanaka a couple of years ago, he took it out. And I've got to say, the swim field cannot have been a particularly high calibre because he was a pretty weak swimmer relative to, to pros. And it looks like he was uh, first out of the swim with a 58-minute swim. And then he rode a 5.31, and then he only ran a 3.12. And he's quite a good runner. So that's uh, he was either just in cruise control or it may have been a particularly tough run. Don't know much about that course. But uh, it did 9 hours 43. So And he's a guy that can probably go, you know, I don't know, 8. 8.30, 8.4, probably more like 8.40 on, on a sort of a rote, rote sort of course. So, um, so you know, pretty slow day at the office, but a win's a win. And second place, we had Jonathan Sheeran. And third was Matin Kassif. Uh, second was 10 hours and, uh, and 45 seconds. Third was 10 hours and 6 seconds. So pretty, pretty comfortable win. Unfortunately, I can't say who won the females race because, as I said, my Arabic is not particularly strong. Um but uh, maybe next year we can we can work on our Arabic skills. And if, Aaron, if you li- if you're listening, if you want to flick us through the, the women's results and any sort of summary on the event, we'll give that a bit of a plug next week because uh, that's one of the things we said we'd do last week. We said we're going to start, you know, con- or continue on promoting, um, you know, iron distance races of all types, providing you guys send in the information. 
So love your work, Aaron, on that one. Okay, so our other news, well, we're pretty much going to other news because no other results, but uh, Abu Dhabi, it looks like Mecca and Crowley are going to be going head-to-head in Abu Dhabi. So it uh, seems like it's going to be a pretty interesting race. It's going to be a grudge match, I think, because... <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, John, what you Knowing Crowley... <clears throat> there we go, that's better. Um, knowing Crowley, he will be fired up big time having seen the Kona coverage. He won't be happy at all about that. The crap that Macca was laying down on that coverage, and uh, so it sounds like that he heard Macca was racing, and so Crow put his hand up and said, "I want to go there and uh, smoke Macca." So I think, you know, these two every time they go head to head this season is going to be interesting. Don't know how many times it'll happen. It'll obviously, happen in Kona, but this is going to be another rare opportunity, and it's just a, it's a great race. Um, it's only building up very, very quickly. It's only the second year. Um, and I believe the half, well, I know the half distance race has, uh, has sold out because I've got a guy that I coached that um, is trying to get in and he can't and he's already booked to get there. So that's, you know, that's a good thing for the event. Uh, but these two going ahead to, and there'll be all the other guys there. You'll have the, you know, well, the Dirk Bockles. and this race aren't necessarily the favourite athletes for the style of race, is it? Because it's definitely a cyclist race, isn't it? Yeah, well, no, I'd, I'd say it's um, last year it really was just a running race, and, and I think those two will just create a, again a slightly different dynamic because you got to say that Crowey in, in a in a loose sort of um, drafting type iron distance race is probably um, the best runner in the world. Um, at uh, but then it's a it's a shorter run, and so the bikers, you know, we thought last year the bikers might try to get away, and they didn't really. You know, it's yeah. a 200k ride, but it's flat, and if they all come out of the swim together. Um, you know, you have to think that they're probably going to stay um, stay together unless some of those really strong guys really lay the smack down. So it'll be uh, it'll be it'll be really interesting because there will be a good bunch of guys. It's great prize money. It's fifty thousand dollars first place. Um, it does pay down to to tenth place. Uh, you know, it's fifty for first, twenty thousand for second, fifteen thousand for third, ten thousand for fourth, seven thousand five hundred for fifth. So it's 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 the second best prize money um, in the in the world in terms of iron sort of long distance triathlons so you know it should be Anika Lanos was there last year yeah, they had uh, yeah Rasmus Henning was there last year and Dirk Bockel all guys you know top tenners in Kona so uh, it could be a very interesting day and if Macker and Crowe go head to head coming coming off the bike shoulder to shoulder um, it will be be warfare it'll be great Allegedly, I'm going to say, uh, someone's emailed us through saying that, um, uh, actually emailed me on Facebook saying that apparently Cody's going to try cash in this year, who actually raced a lot more because he's, well, I don't know why, but uh, just saying he's looking to make more money out of the sport this year, so you'll probably see him racing a lot more this year, so that could be interesting. Well, he races. I mean, he races quite a bit, but he probably wouldn't get huge money. I would imagine from doing seventy point threes. You know, there's, there's not great prize money. He'd get good endorsements from sponsors, from winning lots. But I saw a clip from him um, uh, a couple of days ago, and I think he, he. I think he said he raced ten times last year, um, and and won like seven or something, and then had the other three were all sort of podium places, or, or maybe that was obviously the fourth in Kona. So, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see. He's obviously doing Ironman Australia. He's doing this one um, and he always does plenty of 70.3 so yeah we'll just wait and see good if he does uh, Mecca's going to be opening up the season early he's going to be racing in uh, where is it 
It is in San Juan in Puerto Rico. Um, so it's not till March this race, but I'll be inter- interested to see if he actually rocks up because if we note the dates, it's actually a week after the Abu Dhabi race. Uh, but it looks like a pretty reasonable little field down there. You know, Yvonne Van Vlerken's going down. Um, I think it's either the first or second year that they've had the race down there, but good to see some races going to Puerto Rico and good to see a little profile. But Maka looks like he's going to be pretty busy. Um, he's got Abu Dhabi. He's going to have that. Um, he'll obviously have to have uh, an iron man somewhere in there which you'd imagine will probably be um iron man europe and germany and then another thing that came through is on uh the Trithy Magazine side apparently he's been twittering that in 2013 he's looking at doing a com- looking at doing comrades and maybe switching a bit more from running, which is it makes sense, you know. By another couple of years, um, he'll he'll be what it was. He was 37 when he won Kona this year, so 38 this year. Another year or two, you know, he'll be um, maybe doing that in his 40th year. I'm not quite sure, um, but yeah, maybe looking to slowly wind down the career in the next couple of years. Uh, Richard Usher looks like he's going back to motorsport. What's the story there, mate? Oh, he not really given me notes he, on that. Well, he is going back to motorsport. He's but he pretty much said that uh, you know it's very very difficult to make a living out of uh, out of racing Ironman, and he's a guy that's done well. You know, he's finished second and wrote in an amazingly fast time when he was there. Uh, he's one the challenge, ever, isn't he? Yep, yep. He's won challenge challenge Wanaka um, once or twice and he's finished pretty high up in Ironman New Zealand I think the first time he did it it didn't have such a great race but second time around he was pretty good uh, so he's just I think the, the thing is it's uh, easier to make money in multi-sport than, than it is in, in Ironman yeah, he's consist can pretty much win any race he wants to do in uh, the multi-sport side of things and then the team racing aspect there as well with his wife and uh, a couple of other guys they're, they're typically winning races or or being in the podium and he says he can race a bit more regularly doing that you know if you're doing Ironman you only tend to race you know maybe two or three a year um, and he is, he's racing coast to coast this year which you, you've got to expect he'll completely dominate but uh, the race director of coast to coast in New Zealand you know said he's got to be arguably one of the most um, you know well performed athletes across different sports that we've ever seen because he's been by far the best multi-sporter um, in, the, in the world uh, and granted that's largely a New Zealand dominated sport but then he's done very very well Ironman and he's also representing New Zealand at, at the Olympics and um, in mogul skiing so very very talented guy and uh, yeah expect to see him absolutely crush everybody at the coast to coast this season. It's kind of it's a pity, really, isn't it? Because I don't know if Usher would have ever been a top ten Kona guy, but or maybe he would have if he just get a bit more time. But you know, it's a pity that a guy like that who you know could come and win races can't win. You know, make enough living to stay in the sport. Mm. And I mean, it's just his, his Achilles would have always been his swim. Um, and to win those big races, you need to have a very, very big good swim, especially Kona. And like if he went to Abu Dhabi, uh, which I think he did actually. Yeah, um, he did, yep. Uh, you know, if you're in races like that, if you're a little bit off in the swim, it's game over. Yeah. And and wrote the the year he came um, second. You know, he had an amazing bike, an amazing run, and. Um, but you know, if you that top tier, that top sort of five guys in the world, um, if you're not on on this one, it's uh, it's game over, over. Yeah. Okay. Last piece of news: uh, the Baitlesses are racing Challenge Henley. So, so the Challenge Henley's miles away. We're just we're just looking for news here, to be honest. <laughs> and uh, but I'm I'm really intrigued to see how these races in the UK go. You're gonna have Challenge. You're gonna have Ironman UK. You're gonna have Ironman Wales all going head to head. Plus the Outlaw for the for the same market in, in a short period of time. Um, but 
at the same time, the race, the racing in the UK is on such a high. That just, I just saw the 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 London ITU round, um, the World Championship Series, which isn't till whatever September, I guess. Um, that you know, the, the age group race there is sold out. Races in the UK are consistently just selling out, um, a bit like Ironman races do. So, uh, you know, hopefully, there's enough people to spread around and all those races be successful. And um, yeah, the Bayliss are heading to challenge Henley. Okay, uh, sponsor, we're going to talk about Athlinks, and you want to talk about rivals, John. You want to use Albert from Coffees of Hawaii against the curly freight train, Mark Petrovessa. Well, this is, this is the thing with um, Athlinks. You know, we say collect all your results on there, and you know, Bevan and I um, are not racing heaps at the moment, and often the people that I'll be racing against in running races, they may not be on Athlinks. But if you're somebody that does race in big you know, Ironman races, in, especially in the States and Europe, and you're probably racing the same people fairly regularly. This Rivals feature really starts to come alive. Like, because Albert does, you know, pretty much always does Cord Lane, and he always, um, you know, most years he does Kona, does Boston. So he's built, built up quite a big list of rivals. But if you, if, you, if you do want to have a look at your own rivals, get on there, and it's pretty cool because, like, Albert's got um, probably, I don't know, about flipping 50 or 60 rivals at least down here and that's for pretty just the guys and to, to have your rivals set up you've got to race somebody um, three times or more and uh, so he's got a couple of guys you know he's raced <coughs> the guy Kyle Welsh 21 times no 20, 23 times he's got a 21 and 2 win-loss record he's raced uh, Mark Petrofessor um, 16 times got a 13 and 3 race record and what you can do you can basically go around, go through and sort of select which are your favourite rivals and configure them up but you can also just tick the boxes um, against those rivals and com- compare them so he's got a, you know, if we took out Mark's um, Albert's two top rivals which is Kyle and, and Mark Petrofessor the curly freight train um, you know you can basically bring up each race that you've been against them, your time, um, the difference to them, and uh, it's just a cool little feature, especially if you've got a little group of training buddies that you're uh, you're quite competitive with, and you can make them your sort of favourite rivals and just set up a bit of uh, bit of banter and a bit of fun there on Athlinks. Well, and that's the thing, Mark Tickner actually sent through a message saying, uh, thanks for the mention on the show last week, John, and he, when we were talking about Athlinks last week, he actually raced you in the 70.3 in 2004. And you beat him by four minutes, but he was saying he spent you on the bikes for a three, and that's all that matters. <laughs> that's, that's all that matters. But he, you take, your little, you take your little victories wherever you can get them. He didn't even want to do the run. And, uh, <laughs> but he did say that uh, he had just come back from a shoulder operation four months previously, too. So, uh, you know, it's things like that about athletes that you can reconnect. And, like, let's say you've got a friend who you race a lot and they're not on athletes, you could actually send them through and show them what's happening between you with your rivalries. So, it's, just, mm. it's a good way to have a bit of banter and have a bit of fun between you know other people you're racing against often or mates or people within your triathlon community. So it's great, eh? Check it out on athlinks.com. So if you haven't signed up, go to athlinks.com, check it out, find the races you've done, and you'll be... It's a no-brainer, John. It's a no-brainer. Okay, then, uh, discussion of the week. So we've actually moved over to Facebook with our discussion of the week because uh, most of you guys tend to live on there throughout the day, so we thought we'd chuck it on there. And uh, This month, we, or this week, we had... Um, if Lance did get busted for previously doing drugs, would you still want to race in Kona if he was proven to be clean right now? Um, and we got we actually got heaps about this, and, and it was an interesting discussion, eh? Yeah, yeah, it is, and uh, everybody's yeah, he's a bit of a, a polarizing character, and mm. uh, and and I think a number of people pointed out he hasn't been busted for anything yet. So you know maybe we're being a bit presumptuous, but uh, there's certainly a lot of speculation. And I think the, the thing is, you know, it's 
it's very prominent in New Zealand, the tall poppy syndrome. You always want to chop down the person at the top and uh, and pick holes in them. And for, for guys like Lance Armstrong and Tiger Woods and people like that, um, God, it just must be horrible just being in the in the public light, um, limelight the whole time and uh, and you've got to try to be nice to every single person as soon as you're not you know maybe you don't say a hello to somebody who said good day to you and you've never seen them in your life all of a sudden you're a complete wanker yeah. so I've, I've certainly got sympathies with the guy for um you know some of the stuff that goes on out there, but the um, you know the, the evidence out there well, that, that's being reported is um, fairly compelling, and uh, I think we'll just wait and see what happens over the next few weeks, but uh, or next few months. But yeah, really, really, should he be in Kona or not? Um, well, uh, I've got to Neil McLaughlin because he wasn't actually happy with the discussion. He's got um, a bad discussion of the week. You guys, he, the guy's never tested positive, and it's irresponsible to continue a witch hunt against the guy. Let's uh, let the authorities decide. Stick with providing an educational, humorous show without resorting to plumbing to the depths of tarnishing a guy who has done more for society through his cancer work than you or we have ever done. Disappointing guys. No, I think I, I am going to defend ourselves on this. It's a hypothetical question. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's he gets caught. I haven't say he's got caught. Um, you know, like it's it's just in in that situation, what would we think? And that's you know, when you look put questions out there, it's often just having a discussion around that. So I didn't say I think Lance is a cheat. I was just saying, but if he was, what would we, you know, because he is becoming, it looks like he might be coming into our sport. So I would defend myself on that one. It's a hypothetical question. So, you know, take from it what you want. Good D, Bevan. Good D. Yeah. Um, Rob Holt, who has been putting back into the sport last weekend, he was uh, the lead cyclist at the Contact Tri Series down here in Christchurch, and uh, he was quite excited about his job, but but nervous when he was on the mountain bike, but he did a, he did a sterling effort. Uh, he says, uh, no, cheat equals loser in my books. To let him race at Kona would be uh, to diss all previous finishes. Okay, well, um, who we got here? We've got Gareth Corey <laughs> saying, agree that it would open a door to other past cheats, but would love to see him race. YouTube posts of his swimming look pretty good, and his past marathon times are uh, good enough, so he would be relatively quick. Forget to mention added profile that he, uh, his appearance would be, oh, the profile that he would bring to the race would be pretty great as well. Uh, Righty ho, David Manley. As much as I think it's uh, clean, clear that he doped, I can't help but think that being outed officially will cause no end of trouble. Livestrong does great work for great causes that could be ruined by the outcome of the investigation. As for Kona, well, I've got to click on the See More button. Um, as for Kona, I'd rather he quietly slipped away from sports and dedicated himself to trying to make things right. We don't need a proven doper rocking up and taking all the limelight at Kona. It'd be bad enough if he turns up as an unproven one. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? We've really got mixed opinions here. Uh, uh, Gilly Rand uh, was saying, I don't believe that his cancer work should be linked to his alleged doping at all. Uh, doing great doesn't make you an untouchable. Um... And the current investigation is a completely valid discussion topic. If he were to be shown to be guilty, and the science uh, certainly suggests that's possible, then I wouldn't want him to be in Kona without, within the period of the ban. So, On here we've also got Andy Turnbull, who's actually put the link up to the Sports Illustrated article that uh, really got the ball rolling on this. So if you want to check it out, go onto the Facebook page and um, about... I don't know, two-thirds of the way down, um, you'll see the post that he's put up there, and, a, and it's a link off to that. And he also goes on to say, a um, few people mentioned lifetime bans. 
Lifetime bans are a ham-fisted uh, and short-sighted solution. Such sanction makes cheaters more desperate to go to greater lengths that gives them no incentive to help investigators once caught. Uh, lastly, I'll say Peter Colson's got the fun side of it. As long as Chrissy smacks his butt, I don't care if he races or not. <laughs> That's right. Um, so if he, I mean, in terms of my opinion, I mean, um, I personally hope like hell that he gets uh, gets cleared because <clears throat> it's not just going to be bad for a sport, it's going to be bad for, on a whole different, lots of levels that as, as a number of people have mentioned. So hopefully it all um, comes out that he's, he's absolutely fine and we can just sort of put this put this to bed because I think this this will fairly conclusively uh, give us some some answers, you would hope. Um, and But if he is busted for doping, then absolutely no way in hell should he be in Kona and I'd hope that um, he wouldn't be able to start. Uh, I, I don't actually know the ins and outs of um, whether you can cross across sports um, if you've been busted for doping. I know it has happened um, in the past, uh, but I would imagine that if he is busted, he, you know, I wouldn't think he'd be able to start. Yeah, I don't think he would probably want to turn up if he had been busted. Um, yeah, it's, Lance is just one of those really, it's one of those things where people have have an opinion which is uninformed, isn't it? Like, you know, we, mm. we you know, everyone has an opinion if he's a cheat or not, and some people will assume that, you know, like some people will say, well, how can you win, you know, Tour de France so many times when everyone else has been proven to be on drugs, when so many of his competitors have been proven to be on drugs, and there's that side of it, and then other people will go, well, you know, like, look what he's done to society and stuff. Like, I don't know the facts, and, and to be honest, I don't really know that much about, I haven't really researched it much, I've read a couple of articles, but I don't really know. But if it proves that he is, if it is proven that he's a drug cheat, I totally agree, he shouldn't be at Kona, and I don't know necessarily what good he would be. I'll, I'll just get that, Bevan, you carry on. Okay, fine. <laughs> Oh, God, he just leaves me alone. Um, so for me, I think that if he gets done for drugs, then we don't really need him in Kona. Um, but like John says, I kind of hope he, he doesn't because I think what he's done for society has been really great and that would really tarnish a lot of the good work that he's done. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty much me. Hopefully John's back now. You back Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm done, Bevan. You did a great job. Thanks, that was awesome. Thanks, I totally agree with oh, everything you were saying. Yeah. It was awesome. I, I see you thought he was a drug cheat. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I, did, I don't know. It sounds even if he does come get get uh, yeah come come through it all fine. It's, it sounds like his knees are a bit dodgy, and uh, yeah, we'll just we'll just wait and see. But um, I, I I too would like to see him and Chrissy go head to head. Okay, John, this week's discussion. You you were telling me what you thought this week's discussion would be because you haven't written it down. I haven't. So right, we we've obviously only at the start of 2011. So what we wanted to know is share a bit of um, your experiences last year. So what was the one biggest thing you did in 2010 that improved your performance the most? The one big thing you did. What about people? What about people who didn't improve? Maybe the one thing they should have done. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The one thing you one thing you, sh- you, sh- you thought about doing, but you didn't do it. Okay. Age group. We need some more nom- nominations, team. We uh, we're running out. We've got no age groupers, John. Really nice. So flick them through. Um, basically got uh, the big, uh, big fat zero at the moment. So I know there's not a lot of racing on. But you can you can delve back a little bit to last year. No, no, don't delve back to the the 80s or the 90s or anything. But we don't mind you delving back to last year. And maybe if you saw anything awesome in Kona, or if you saw anything at late season races, um, or any good good little stories, um, we'd like to hear about them and, and give people a little bit of recognition. We could go old school, mate. We could go back to the days where we just went and found people. We just pick him and say that was awesome. Yeah, they may have had a crap. They may have had a crap. Just got a race result and go, oh yeah, that person looked like they did pretty good. That was old yeah. <laughs> They may have had a crap day and been thirty minutes off their PB, but we'll just say they're awesome. Oh, yeah. So, um, but it's always nice to have a bit of a story. So, if you've got any, flick them through. Okay, uh, one, two, three, four, high five. 
Okay, James Motel sent through one, and uh, he's, he's saying he hasn't got many high fives through. James is, is a wow. prolific um, contributor to the show. He's always giving us lots of content, and John pretty much gets to cover what he wants. So John puts some in and not others in. And uh, it's high fives, James. Your high fives are typically a, a little weak, but this, this week you, you got a good one, and I thought you could bring out some good points. But um, you, you keep working on it, and uh, we'll, you get the odd one. You get the odd one through the. I love your work. This, this, this. Your website of the weeks are typically very, very good, um, but your high fives, you know, you, you can be this a good one. <laughs> you're, you're, good on you, mate. You're doing well. I'm proud of you. <laughs> and uh, he's got a high five on going foreign, racing in a foreign land. You want to start off, mate? Yep. Uh, number one, um, check the print on the WTC or whatever the organisers' rules are in English before you go, assuming English is your first language. Um, it's not only good to read on the plane or it'll send you to sleep in a jiffy on a long flight. Uh, and I think this is a good point in all seriousness because often you find, you know, you go to these different races and things like the, the drafting rule does vary a lot. I know WTC are trying to be um, consistent with that, more consistent with it these days, um, but I know in, in times gone past it did vary. You, know, you, you might go to uh, you know, Brazil and it might have been 10 metres there, you might have gone to another race and it might have been 7 metres to, to front wheel to front wheel, which is only a 5 metre gap. So things like that are, are really important and then it just helps you to get to know the ins and the outs of the races because it, uh, it does vary from country to country. And obviously, if you're going to Europe, Bevan, you've got to remember which side of the road to ride on, don't you? It's very important when you're doing an Ironman because you want to get, get a penalty for that. i tell you one thing. Yeah. If you are going overseas, there's this new iPhone app, which is amazing, John. You, you should have got an iPhone, trust me. That what <laughs> happens is you take a photo of like a street sign and it just instantly translates it for you. Oh, okay, nice. God knows how it does it. But like, basically, you can, you, you can take photos of any text... And it'll like so, the photo will come. It will take the photo, but the photo will be in English text. Right. It's phenomenal. Isn't nice. It? Life phenomenal. Life changing. So how, how does that? I wonder. I wonder if I'm just going to translate something on Google because Google does lots of translations and stuff. I've seen on the web in the past has been um, a little bit average. I'm going to translate this this Hebrew page from uh, okay, those results that, we had before. Two. Okay. Number two. Uh, all the S distances are equal, but not all measurements are. Understand whether the country is a mile or kilometre driven, and adjust your pacing goals accordingly. Which is a big one, eh? Because when you like when you're doing mile running, in comparison to a K running, it's a completely different mindset. Oh yeah, totally. You know, it's uh, you know, might you know, if, if you're running at say four minute k's, it's going to take you obviously four minutes to do one k, and it's going to take you you know closer to just over over six to do uh, a mile. So it's a big deal, and, and you know, often your pacing strategy is based around hitting ver- various splits, going right. Well, I want to come through the half marathon point, and this time I want to hit ten k, and this time, and um, if you've only got mile markers, you're kind of screwed, and vice versa. If you're um, if you're used to doing, what do you prefer? Do you prefer a mile or a K marker? Oh, K, because they're more regular. Um, See, it's, I'm, it's, I'm, I'm and prefer, I prefer a mile because there's not so many of them. Oh, no, I like, I like ticking, ticking away, having regular little updates. But, yeah, regardless of what it is, the, the races you go to, they're typically only going to have one or the other. At some iron distance races, um, if it is marked in miles, they sometimes do put in like the 5K, 10K yeah. mark and things like that and may have half, the halfway mark. Um, so just just be aware of that. Sometimes people are a bit naive. If they haven't, haven't left their country very much before, um, uh, they, they may not uh, contemplate that. It's a good point. 
Number three, no speaker da English. Most places will understand your shout for water, but do you know how to yell out your number in the local lingo to get your special needs bag, favourite shell flavour, or ask for a sponge? Um, Learn it so it's not an issue in the race. And I agree with that. You know, race numbers is is important to to know that in the local lingo. So it's mainly for your special needs um, deals. So and also, yeah, just you're playing things like water and and gel. Um, So important point. I've timed this quite well, actually, because number five is massive. Number four, go global. If you can't go local, ask for Coke or use other word brands that are universal, John. So, you, know, <laughs> That's right. you know, Coke, Pepsi. Coke, yeah. It's either Coke or cola. That's you can, If you generally say those two, you're going to get a Coke. Um, so, good point. Wazza. Uh, that was Germany, wasn't it? Wazza. It is. Yeah. And that's coming up. Ever tried to get water in a bar? They say that American and English are the two countries divided are two countries divided by language. So whether you say water, 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 it's the same word. But if it's saying it louder, it won't get you served in a restaurant. Imagine what it would be like screaming for it on the run. Be ready to be creative if what you're asking for is not coming to you think or. Um, of different words or different ways of saying the same word. Your mind will be on on one track during the race, so this is best thought about ahead of race day. And that's so true. Yeah, you, I, I don't know. I think it might be a bit of a Kiwi thing as well. Is so often you, you say things louder and um, yeah. And even even put a little bit of a, a, a local accent. You try to put a local accent on it, and saying the same word in English. And you think if they don't, if they think they're going to understand it, but they won't. If they don't understand English, they don't understand English. So going, uh, you're putting putting on an Asian accent if you're in Hong Kong or something, and saying uh, it's just not going to work. So uh, agree again. Harps back to number three. You know, learning the local lingo for the things that you're going to need on race day, um, and also you know we've talked about your, your your needs in terms of nutrition stuff, but also knowing like your, your left and your right and straight ahead and stuff is is quite useful. Um, if you're coming to turns, especially if it's not a not as big a race and there may not be quite as many marshals out there, just knowing your directions can be helpful. Well, while well, you're learning languages, John, you want to learn to say thank you. We're racing without volunteers. There wouldn't be a race without volunteers. So don't forget to say thanks in a way that will mean more to them than it does to you. So, you know, as you're trying to learn water and left and right and all the rest of it, make sure you learn how to say thank you in the local lingo so that when you're getting your support from the volunteers, you can say, choice, bro, if you're in New Zealand. Choice, bro. That's exactly what you'll be saying. Every aid station, choice, bro. <laughs> Cheers. Um, and number Number super seven, be self-sufficient. If asking for what you want or um, asking even louder is not um, getting what you need, you have to be prepared in advance and covered all your nutritional needs. Um, You'll be sweet. I agree with that. And, and this probably just doesn't uh, apply to during the race, but pre-race, if you're going to... Um, you know, especially somewhere which is really different to where you come from if you're going to do a race in Asia or China or somewhere like that um, and you may be not staying um, in a, an amazing sort of Western hotel or anything like that, then you probably need to be ready to take some of your own food for your, your pre-race meals and, uh, and just be ready so you, you're fueled up in the days leading into the race. He's saying that he's really looking forward to the Mecca. Um, Melina interview next week uh, with regards to Brett Sutton interview so it's gonna be nice smackdown smackdown Smackdown. okay that's right sponsor extreme endurance and let me just pull that up because this week mate because john normally we get the show notes and john goes extreme endurance we're talking about this this week he's just got extreme endurance 
Well, we, 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 I'm gonna. I've got it all. I've, well, I'm about to have it all ready for you. Uh, just give me, give me two seconds. Um, really, what the main thing I was gonna do today was just uh, summarise the pricing. So you know, it were two things. So you want to get your extreme endurance. We talked about the last couple of weeks in terms of um, getting it shipped around the world. But it's thirty-seven ninety-five US. Basically, get you a bottle, which will um, last you. What did we work out, Bevan? It was. Uh, it's 100, 180 tablets. It's uh, four a day. Basically, a bottle a bottle's going to get you through a month. You know, we've, so we've done this five times and we still don't know it, mate. We need yeah, to bottle, bottle, basically, a bottle's going to last you a month. So thirty seven ninety five to give it a crack and, and see what you think. But the other thing that we've talked about before in the past is if you're going to get um, going to get one. And you're just a little bit short on the old tri clothing. Their cycle jerseys are only flipping thirty five bucks. I've never seen anything um, quite as cheap as that, and uh, or well priced as that in a long time. It's basically a, a short sleeve sort of racing top. It's got um, two back pockets to chuck your stuff in. It's got a zipper. It's got a unisex fourteen inch zipper. It's good, good fabric. It's nice and fitted. Um, be good as just a training top if you already got your favourite sort of race top. Um, but yeah, if you're going to get something, like this is. Uh, is a very, very well-priced item. And if you're going to get anything off here, make sure you use the code IAMTALK and you get your little discount. And uh, recur if you want your automatic delivery, if you're all over it like a rash, you save yourself some money and you can get your automatic delivery turning up every month and uh, pumping through it and reducing your lactic acid. And that's the thing, you know, we've got feedback from, you know, you guys and John and saying how it really has helped recruit increase recovery you know so which obviously makes you train better in a long time so uh extreme endurance xendurance and, that, and that's good another good point if you do if you have given a crack you know do let us know about it um because old how tell um you know gave us his sort of feedback and uh and i've got i know a number of guys that have started using it haven't i've got their races sort of coming up on new zealand things like that um but just let us know how you get on if you do have reduced muscle soreness or if you perform exceptionally well um yeah we'd like to hear your stories and i'm sure extreme endurance would love to hear them as well okay john coach's corner you do the you do the intro coach's corner so each week, you know it's, every so often john puts together a coach's corner and some weeks you feel he's a little bit light on content and i think you know like he gave me a text last night saying well you know i'm gonna i'm doing the show notes now and i think you must have been a bit tired because <laughs> you, 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 it's a week effort this it's, week, it, it's it's not really a coach's corner i just I just thought i need a, an area to fill I so i just but what happened um what happened was uh i think uh, Melina resent over to me the um, the list of all the sort of uh, WTC races around the world, the seventy point threes as well, and the prize money, and also the points associated with it. So I was just kind of wondering if I was pretty serious on things and um, and was looking to do some some you know fairly hard training and getting back into it and and making it. More as a bit of a semi-professional, so you know, I'd expect I'd be training, you know, say 25 hours a week, and um, probably only working, you know, 15, 20, and uh, and just saying, hey, on RC later, family, I'm just going to go and go and train and, and get really stuck into it. How hard would it be for me to qualify for Kona? So I came up with a bit of a hypothetical schedule, um, and I, I thought, do this now, and then I'll see later on the season if I'd made it, get enough points to make it to Kona, and also just highlight how little money there is um, in the sport for, say, the the fledgling sort of pro who's just trying to, just trying to make it or just trying to even like cover their costs. So I came up with a couple of races that I thought if I was looking at doing a season 
in the WTC races that I'd do, um, I thought I'll open up the season at Ironman New Zealand. I thought, you know, have a good day at the office here. The field isn't as, quite as strong as what it used to be once you get past those top three. You know, you got Brownie, Doe, and um, and Bazzoni. Uh, and then after that, it seems to fall away quite quickly. So I thought, you know, have a really good day there. Maybe go sort of 8.55, maybe as I was 8.50 if I was really, you know, smacking and been back consistent training. Probably get about sixth place or so, somewhere around there. Um, and that would net me 1500 bucks US, and I'd get 620 so points. Second, was that a good day for you, or was that a bad day? That'd be a, that'd be a, that'd be a pretty solid day, you know. Yeah, you uh, walk out, you lay a bit of smackdown, happy with that. Yeah, well, I mean, when when we when we trained up, you know, I, I would expect a, a, my rope performance was was not an amazing performance, but that was still very part time-ish, and that was um, eight fifty one, um, and. Yeah, I would have thought if I trained up hard, got back really back stuck into it, consistent, cut down the work, got stuck, and I should be able to go eight fifty five ish. And how'd um, uh, your run go? My run there, I would yeah. run two fifty five. Oh, good run, nice work. Okay, yep. So then yeah, you, yeah, you've yeah. done pretty well on Ironman New Zealand. You thought, oh, sixth place is pretty good. I might head over to Brazil. Your money, your are finally taken off of your prize money, so you're not doing too well. <laughs> And, and so I thought I'd go to Brazil because you look at Brazil, it's got better prize money um, and it's got a few more points and often the field is not particularly deep. Again, you get a few really good South American athletes taking the first few places. I thought the reasonable gap between them, you know, Mar- it's the start of March for Ironman New Zealand and I think it's end of May for um, Brazil, so a reasonable spread between them. So I'd just nip over there. I think I'd, thought I'd probably be able to pull off another sixth place, oh, give really? myself three and a half, three and a half thousand. You pull off sixth again. No, no. I think it's, it's. I think. It, I think those fields will be pretty comparable. Oh. I didn't research my results extremely well, but I always remember looking at the Brazil results and thinking they're not amazingly crash hot. Top how, few guys are good. How'd your bike go on that one? I bike pretty well. Rode four forty five. Oh, that's pretty decent. That's blew, blew, blew up. Blew up it on the run though. Oh, but only, only, only ran. Only ran. Second transition, yeah. but only ran a three hundred five. Uh, swim was good. Swam, swam a 50, 50, 50 flat. So you were and but there, yeah. the bike, and then blew a little bit in the run. Faded, yeah, yeah. That three hundred five did not help. Um, and then, uh, but the thing is, there more prize money. So same place, get uh, three thousand five hundred versus fifteen hundred from New Zealand, nice. and then got quite a few more points there as well. Got eleven hundred and twenty points. And then I thought for a couple of weeks after that one. <laughs> I just, just, I'd wire a bit of money home and I'd just stay living in a backpacker somewhere in South America for six months to save money. And then I thought, um, to top things off, probably going to a 70.3 somewhere. If you look at a lot of them are in the States, um, sort of middle of the year, so a bit of prep for, for Kona. Uh, and if it got like a seventh place in a, in a 70.3, so fields there are sometimes yeah, a little bit little bit stronger, a lot of second tier guys racing a bit more regularly. Really seventh place. You don't speed anymore, do you? You know? I don't. It's, it's lacking. Uh, seventh place would get me a thousand US and it'll get me four hundred and twenty points, and that's at a uh, at one of the higher end seventy point three races. So, total, if I did those three races, I'd, I'd if I was a pro, I'd probably be off doing um, challenge races and stuff. But I was thinking if I just did you know three WTC races, I'd do in the grand total of seven thousand US, and that's finishing races, sort of. No, no, I've done one seventy point three. I'm in New Zealand. And I'm in Brazil. Um, I've cut off. I've cut off. Cut off I, I, on those original notes that I sent you, I think I had two seventy point threes. I probably only. Probably only um, oh, it's a weak effort this week, mate. It is. But I'd come home. Well, I wouldn't come home. I'd probably come home broke. But that was seven thousand dollars. Was what I'd make out of there, and I'd make two thousand one hundred and sixty points, now, which is not a great deal. Kona. 
well, that's, we're just going to have to wait and see because this this first season of the singer is going to be uh, nobody nobody probably knows, but you, you would I would hope that if you got two six places at Ironman races, you would hope that would be enough to get you kind of. But let's wait and see. Let's how, see if how, I how made it. Going. Is it now? Is it fifty? Is it? I think it probably is. So I, I'd probably say it probably won't be enough. Yeah, I think you'd be, be borderline honest. to be honest. I think if you're only putting enough sixes and sevens, yeah, you know, you think of most races have got you know how many races are there? All the top five guys. And those yeah. races decide to go to Kona. I think you'd be borderline. You'd be right on that borderline if anything under it. You yeah, to, it'd be interesting. To get a bit more speed in those seventy point threes, mate. And not blow up on the run in Brazil. <laughs> that was the downfall. <laughs> yeah, that cost me my bloody Kona spot. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, so that that was high quality high quality coaches corner this week. A lot of coaching advice in there. Tell you, people people are especially loving this show. I tell you. Uh, website of the week. Okay, John. So we've got we've got what we got here. We've got we've got. Uh, wait a second. With the, with the, my phone. Tom Hibbert. Tom Hibbert sent through this week. Well, basically, we lost ourselves for a second. How long were you talking without me there, mate? Oh, good couple of minutes. I was telling everybody all about this marvelous website, and uh, and then I, I was like, it went quiet, and there was nothing on the other end of uh, other end of uh, Skype. But never mind. So we're back. You you guys wouldn't know it because we've cut it, but yeah, we, we've already started this discussion. But anyway, he sent through a couple of websites which are brilliant, aren't they, John? Tell us about them. Spend a couple of minutes telling us about them. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's one of those websites that um, bosses uh, probably don't like because it's the type of one that people go on and waste an awful lot of time on uh, fairly trivial matter. This one is called. It's actually a Facebook page. It's called Orec, the official rules of the Euro, Euro cyclist, and it's basically a snob page for anybody who likes to be very Euro style with their, their cycling. Welcome to the largest and most active cycling community on Facebook. All new members are required to read the rules located in the info section on our page before being allowed to open their mouth. The group is governed by admins and policed by group monitors and officers. Learn their names. They are the only people approved to offer Euro guidance. Um, and with this Facebook page, I'm not a, I'm not a big uh, Facebook myself, but they've got 14,000 members. So obviously fairly popular. Well, John, and, uh, I like this page because I'm reading a couple of them right now. So, for example, I've got rule number 14. In certain rare cases, it shall be deemed accept- acceptable to have long hair. In this event, hair shall be neatly slicked back in a, a, separate, a severely Eurosol, I should say, and helmet shall not be worn. It is imperative that rule 12 is followed in all special instances. And rule 12 is... Ridiculously stylish eyewear, see endorsed products list, is to be worn at all times without exception. Glasses are to be worn over the helmet straps at all time. So you don't know that, do you? Well, I don't approve of non-helmet wearing, and that is a Euro thing to do. But uh, if you go through... Uh, mullets, they're not, they're not the done thing, Bevan. They're not the done thing. Um, but they've basically got endorsed bikes and parts, things like Campagnolo, um, Pinarellos, things like that, uh, very Euro stuff. They've got endorsed apparel and a certain helmets and eyewear that uh, is Euro, cool Euro style. And then, as Bevan said, they've got a whole bunch of um, Euro rules. The Euro cyclist shall never, under any circumstances, wear plain black spandex bibs, um, Shorts, regardless of any colour, are banned or any team kit containing non-prominent logos. Shorts will extend approximately two-thirds of the way down the upper leg and will contain a, um, contain a compression band at the bottom, distinct in colour, and no, and 
in no condition shall they extend any further. Things like legs must be shaved year-round, absolutely no exceptions, and just a bunch of basically cycling snobby rules. But um, if some of you guys are bored at work and you want a little bit of light entertainment, by all means get on there. And it's also a Facebook page, so you can obviously contribute to it. There's also another page which is uh, the rules, and these ones aren't so uh, so in depth. So, uh, for example, what's this called? Velo Mental? How do you say one, John? Velo Minita. Oh, I don't know. It's <laughs> we'll put a link up there, but it's Velo Minita. dot com. Yeah, slash blog well. slash. Well, too, it's written for someone familiar with the rules to know. Oh, it's a bit like Fight Club. These rules, aren't they? I'm really super familiar with Fight Club, Bevan, So you, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure it is like that. Oh, I think I've watched. I think I think I watched it once, but it was not particularly. I think you and I have top five, different top fives yeah, to each other. This doesn't work for me, mate. You know. Yeah, well, um, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. You know, it's hey. it's a it's a, it's a popular one at the moment. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. I have to admit, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang's pretty good movie. My old bamboo, my old Annie. bamboo. Tomorrow, tomorrow, I love you. We, we get a lot of that around here. It's oh, all good. Okay, so check out those websites if you want. If you're at work and you want to waste some time, let's be honest, you're on waste time at work. So <laughs> go and check out those websites. We'll put a link to them on www.iamtalk on this week's show notes. Okay, last sponsor, John. Coffeesofhawaii.com. And we talked about the recurring delivery you can get uh, with Extreme Endurance, but you can also get it with coffees of Hawaii and just save yourself some, some dosh and also if you do get on the recurring delivery you receive a free coffees of Hawaii cappuccino cup and saucer plus three free deliveries when you sign up for recurring delivery so the is good that, thing here is you can basically is that three free I'm just reading what I see at three free I'm just reading like what I see on the website free? so like free 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 um, Three free. Three free. The number three. But anyway, the good thing with this is you can actually choose a frequency. So you don't have to think, well, I want to get, I've got to have coffees of Hawaii coffee every single time I have it. I mean, that's the ideal. But if you just think, right, you know, maybe every every second month, I'd like to get myself a bit of uh, bit of coffees of Hawaii stuff. Um, everybody drinks different, different amounts of coffee as well. You basically can go through, yeah, get a, a special price, and you can also say the frequency that you want it to come. It doesn't have to come every month. You could get it coming every week. You've got basically a choice of between 7 and 90 days is the frequencies you can choose from. And then you just know it's going to turn up each time on time and uh, you'll have the never-ending supply of coffees of Hawaii. Do you know what I like about that idea, John? What do you like about that idea, Bevan? Thank you for giving me the lead-in. Um, is that, you know, most of the mail you get is crap, isn't it? Let's be honest. Most of the mail is bills or... Some bloody high-pressure company trying to get this, you know, get more money, and and mail nowadays <laughs> is mainly just disappointment. I imagine back in the old days when you used to write letters, mail was probably quite exciting, but nowadays, mail, oh, yeah. you know, it would have been good, eh? But nowadays, you go to the letterbox and it's just someone wanting money off you. But if you did the recurring delivery, yeah. you probably forget that it's coming. You know, after a while, you know, you you'd maybe have an idea, and then suddenly you got a letterbox one day, and in the letterbox it's a little package, and it'd be a make it mm. up, John. You have a nice smelling letterbox too. Yeah, and your neighbours go, oh, that person, that's sophisticated because they drink got, good coffee. They've got, they got style. They'll see the international UPS person turning up going, that guy knows how to live. Yeah, they, they, they that girl knows edge. how to live. 
Yeah. So if you want to get get your specials, you go to coffeesofway.com. Um, along the top, there's a button there. You can click on recurring delivery and you're away laughing. Coffeesofway.com for the world's best coffees, guys. It's a no-brainer. We know you guys love it because you always tell us. So keep getting it. Keep supporting them because we love them. Okay, questions and answers. So we've we got a good one actually here from Andrew. This is a feature of the show this week, Bevan. This is a feature of the show because uh, – sorry? You should have done this as Coach's Corner. I could, I could have, I could have, um, but the, I was thinking a lot of this sh- <laughs> tattoo. The, a lot of the today's show has been a bit weak, so I thought I'd chuck in a few extra questions in there, and uh, and we'll actually have some informative discussion. Okay, so Andrew Black is, is a local triathlete, uh, a bloody good local triathlete. Uh, just one South Island half Ironman, John, and about a couple months ago. But more importantly, I don't think you weren't there. You actually missed the the, uh, the beer mile. Why didn't you come down to the beer mile? Um, I, I I was busy. I, I was looking after kids. It was very entertaining. I didn't do the beer mile because I don't drink, but pretty much all of Christchurch's local triathletes were there. It was a great turnout. Melina turned up, and Melina turned up late as always, and he <laughs> we had a bag of chips. And uh, but <sighs> it was a it was a really really fun. I actually made footage of it. I should actually put it together and put it on YouTube because uh, some young guy was spewing his ring out. It was very entertaining, but. He, he didn't just win the South Island Half Ironman. He also won the the beer mile. So it was it was very good. But Andrew Black is training to do Ironman New Zealand, and he's racing to get to Kona. And, and he's a bloody good athlete. He's his aim in New Zealand is basically to go a nine fifteen. He figures if he can do a nine fifteen, he's going to get to Kona. Which if you're going to do nine fifteen in New Zealand, he's definitely getting to Kona. So oh no, he'll have to do that to get in. You reckon? Yep, yep, it's pretty competitive. There's not many slots in that age trip now. Um, so he'll be, uh, I'm not sure if he's 30 or not. Um, he's at 25 to 29 or 30 to 34. I think he's probably still, yeah, I'm not quite sure, but he's one or the other. Um, but he'll have to go pretty close to that to, to get in. Oh, wow, that's pretty interesting. Because when, when I won my age group there, I did 919. And, yeah. and, and I think it rolled down to 940 before the slots. So, but they, 915 will get you in. If you're 920, yeah. if 20. Yeah, nine twenty, twenty 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 five is um you'd be pushing it. Okay, but anyway, so he, he's basically and, and one thing we know about Andrew just as with John and I know him is that he, he's committed to the sport like he just trains like an animal and, and works really hard. But he's obviously been missing a couple of sessions on the recovery weeks and um he's basically saying, Is it okay to skip a session if you're feeling really shattered, especially in the rest week when when is the ideal uh, when the idea is recovery? And so obviously he's missed a couple of sessions uh, maybe beating himself up a little bit about that. So we kind of, I actually wrote a big email response, but John's got some ideas as well. So, Yeah, and I think the thing is these days, um, sometimes we everybody thinks, oh, I need to need to rest more. And, if, you know, they start to think if they're tired, they shouldn't train. So Andrew's, I mean, I know Andrew, and, and, uh, and you know, in his instance, it's a slightly different. So this is more just general advice um, for everybody listening. Is I find that some people are starting to get a bit soft out there and, um, and that often they'll think they're a bit tired so they won't go training um, and that's it's, it's not not you know it's you need to often you are tired when you go out training and you start to feel better and training is often very very good active recovery so I think you've got to be careful about um, taking too many zeros and just skipping sessions when you're not feeling so good um, so you know it is the most important message here is it's really difficult and you can only do this with experience a coach isn't going to be able to tell you this is just learning um the difference between being tired and being right on the edge of getting um, sick and just being completely smoked. And that's quite a hard thing to, to learn. So um, it, the, 
the, the best case is it is always a bit best to be um, a little bit underdone than being completely smoked. But at the same time, if you want good results, you've got to train hard, you've got to train when you're feeling crappy quite often, and you've got to train when you're tired and you're supposed to get yourself, um, you know, just overreached rather than overtrained. Um, as you approach the race, that needs to be um, much, much more controlled. You know, once you're in that last sort of six weeks, then you need to start to freshen up and you need to start hitting your key sessions a bit more. So in that period there, um, you know, you, you, it's better to back off a little bit. But if you're in your main sort of base phase, um, it's fine to be quite smoked um, quite often, but obviously it takes time to learn where that sort of fine line is. So the main message here is, Going out and doing training um, rather than taking a zero is often going to help you um, boost your performance. It'll ha- actually help your body start to recover a bit quicker than just taking a zero. So I think that's really important. Um, what else I've done here? You, yeah, you don't need to feel good when you're training all the time. I mean, how many times you go out there, you're feeling crappy for the first hour or so, even if, a, if you're going out for a long ride, the first hour or two, you might feel crappy and then all of a sudden, you know, you come right. So um, just because you feel crap, don't throw in the towel. Um and I think the other thing here is, is that I've got down here is sleep is critical. If, you, if you're training like crap and you're not getting much sleep, then you've got a bit of an issue and then you've got to, got to address that. If, um, if, you, if you just keep hammering and just keep neglecting your sleep, then, uh, then you're going to have problems. And if you do find that you are skipping sessions, trying to establish why that is, if it's just you're crazy busy at um, and work and you just had to skip sessions because it was nine o'clock at night when you got home from work then that's different to skipping sessions because if you're unmotivated or you're tired so that's quite an important distinction as well um, if you just simply run out of time I think one thing that's important to, to, to hear like Andrew's at that point where where the goal is really really scary because you're you know like when you first started on you mean you do your first race you go along you tick the box you feel pretty great and then you go back the next year and you tend to be faster just because experience and you know the first time you're a bit cautious and all the rest of it the longer you do the racing those those minutes are so much harder and and i don't know if this is the case for andrew so i'm not talking to andrew here but i just think that sometimes when we get to that point where we're reaching that level which we know is you know we kind of have to do get everything right on the day to achieve our time that we can sometimes be a little bit self-destructive in uh, in our behaviours, and so you know we it's almost like we're trying to give ourselves an excuse for not succeeding. So um, uh, you know you might stay up late every night knowing that's that's going to make you tired. So which you know the the, the long term um, effect of that is that you actually miss a session, and so then when you don't achieve your goal, you go well I missed a few sessions, and you know that was you know probably what hurt me. And sometimes I think when you're thinking of you know ultimately when you get to that level where your every second counts it's, you, you've really got to make you know if you're that committed to achieving that goal you've really got to make sure you make all those decisions to the best of your ability and so you know you know that going to bed at nine o'clock instead of ten thirty is going to help you achieve the best result so are you being self-destructive and not doing those things and so you can if you can identify maybe some of the things you're doing that are leading to missing sessions then you can be more proactive in, in making the right decision and things like skipping you know sleep or going to bed late or or staying at work too late when you know maybe you could leave or you know just trying to avoid stress that's not really necessary that you can avoid leading up to that period and I think one of the other things around that is to to look at your support network so let the people around you know that, that during this time you almost need them to keep on top of you as well. So if you, you know, if your partner, if you say to your partner, "Look, I need to go to bed at nine o'clock every night. If I'm starting to stay up late, can you just remind me?" And sometimes you need those external people to come in and actually just keep you on track so you make good decisions. 
Exactly right. Yeah. And um, if you're living in a house where your partner is or fiance is also training for Ironman and your two other flatmates are Ironman nutters and then your other flatmate is a sports scientist for Triathlon New Zealand and you'd be surrounded by triathlon, try to have a bit of non-triathlon time. Um, but the, the really, I think, that's Andrew. <laughs> okay. so, his, his flatmate is Madman Lord and uh, and Joe Carrot, okay. who are um, staying with him, and then Rob Creasy, who's a, a triathlon New Zealand sports scientist. He's in there as well, and Ali, his fiance, is doing Ironman. So quite an all-consuming um, yeah, situation they're in. Yeah. So, but I think the, the the general gist of Andrew's question, and this is important for everybody, is you know if you miss a session, if you're feeling shattered, you know what should you do? And unless it's a key session, if it, if if, it, if you did skip it because you were absolutely smoked, um, in general just let that session go. If it was a key session, you know, a key long ride or a key brick, then you'd need to reorganize things a little bit and um, and figure it out. But if it was just a, a swim squad or just a steady run or something like that, all those sessions do add up and consistency is what's going to bring you long-term improvement. But in general terms, uh, if you miss a session for, for some reason, just let it go and just move on with the rest of the week and, uh, and just carry on with training. I think just lastly, if you do miss a session, like John was saying, just, you know, Figure out what made you what made you lead to miss that decision session, and then what things you could improve. So if you were feeling tired, you know, could you sleep more, or maybe you needed to eat better nutrition two hours before the session, or something like that. So you can actually identify the things that you can do next time when you're feeling that way. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, next question, David David uh, David Pierce um, sent a, a couple of these questions that they're a little bit old, so hopefully we haven't covered them before. Um, hi, Bevan. Sent an email a while back to John. Um, John's age-adjusted time for a marathon, which turned out to be not that important as John got caught up by the cold weather in his marathon. Not my second one. Let's, let's see how my age-adjusted – I think Albert will still must kick my ass and age-adjusted because yeah, I would. beat his time by yeah. a, a minute or something like that. But I'll, uh, I'll get better. Um, a question and answer to the coach. I, I chose to ignore the coach's John's three years plan and completed my first Ironman in Switzerland this year at 12.39. Um, had ICB and foot issues on the run. Um, I did love it, though. The question is, um, do I consolidate my fitness and focus this season on half Ironman and then do an Ironman in 2012 or just get involved in another Ironman in 2011? I suspect this might be a situation a few people find themselves in. Um, also, I plan to do some blocks of single sport. What is the best way... Uh, to do this so it, it just depends on what your motivation is really um, for, for, for a large part of that I think if you've only done one Ironman um, often going back and doing another one um, will be quite a different experience for you for the second time round but once you've done two or three um, then I generally would recommend to people to go and really have a season of short course and, and race up uh, for a for a half to maybe do a half Ironman, have a whole season of short course racing, and, and make that half Ironman um, fairly late in the season. Um, so I think that's just a bit of general advice. And also, if you're going to do um, some single sports stuff, you know, obviously for you guys in the Northern Hemisphere, it's winter time. Um, a run block is is great. Just get yourself a book like an Arthur Lydiard book or something like that, and uh, and just set about going and laying some really good base mile work on your technique, work on your leg speed from, from a lot of the Lydiard principles and getting something like striding on would help that a lot and you can get that through our website and uh, if you can hear the bang in the background, that's Thomas having a patty but that's, that's just a couple of tips for you there Dave. Okay, uh, good old Roland Chatter seeing through an email saying he's loving the show and uh, just really enjoy what we're doing but 
His question is, he's doing his first marathon on April the 10th and is planning to take it reasonably seriously. Uh, this will necessitate cutting back on the bike swim. These are my stronger disciplines anyway. What should my core bike swim sessions be during my marathon training to enable me to perform well at my other big race of the season, which was the Alpe d'Huez Triathlon 15 weeks later? So he's going to be doing a marathon. He wants to maintain a little bit of bike swimming. Uh, and so what should he do to make sure he still doesn't lose too much of that? And again, um, Roland's in the in the UK, so I would imagine during winter, this winter especially, you're basically stuck on the wind trainer. Um, so I think, you know, for, for people that are doing marathons, um, and, and this is something I work on with a number of guys that I coach, in that early phase when you are doing, you know, your base mileage and really building up your endurance so you can actually run the distance before you sort of get into that final phase where you may be doing harder runs and more marathon-specific runs, is um, doing some intense riding um, uh, can actually be quite good because you know your running is all low intensity um, and not particularly strenuous. It's just building up the volume and doing it safely. So throwing some bike intensity has got some good crossover between the two sports. So um, it gives you that higher intensity work. It may help you to advance your your cycling a little bit. So really, you know, if you just went and got some. Um, you know, there's, there's loads of resources that we've talked about before about indoor trainer sessions. You know, if you did two indoor trainer sessions a week to complement that running and that early marathon phase build up, um, should work quite nicely for you and keep you biking up. And then as you move through your marathon build up, you'd probably ease that off as, as your intensity got a little bit higher. As soon as you're done with your marathon, then you'd go straight into um, straight into a cycling phase and really try to get your volume up. And by the time you get into April for you guys in the Northern Hemisphere, the weather should have improved and um, and it should tie in quite nicely. Okay, good work. Joe, well, Joe Wolski sent through saying he's a long-time listener fan of the show who's been out of commission for around two years due to an inflamed Achilles tendon. I've seen several doctors and been through therapy a few times. I think it's finally well enough to start training again. What is the best way to start building back from a long time of no activity? I've done two Ironman races in the past as well as many sprints and halves, lots of open road races and a few cycle road races as well. So he's kind of been a little bit injured obviously been doing nothing what's the best way you know to get back into it but not to go too crazy too quickly uh, it's really just to take it easy. And I'd, I'd spread your, spread things across all three disciplines and really try to avoid um, obviously the things that have, have caused you to inflame that Achilles tendon. And and I think the main thing, whenever you're coming back from injury, and so this is why I chose this question, is because uh, a lot of people think, right, I'm over that that hump. I've 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 nailed that injury. I'm okay. I'm ready to start back training, and they stop doing any exercises that uh, are related to that injury. And I think this is especially relevant to Achilles issues is I think once you've got an Achilles problem, it, it's kind of, you're kind of stuck with it for the rest of your career almost uh, if you don't look after yourself. Yeah. Um, so people with Achilles problems, I always strongly suggest that you basically just got to carry on with a strengthening regime for your calves. And just once you've got that under control is just um, maintaining that. So, you know, if you did two or three sessions a week of say core exercises, always include some, um, some, some issues, uh, some exercise for your calves and your Achilles, just doing single leg calf raises um, and building that up. But I think that's the main message I wanted to get across here is yes, Obviously, you know, ease into your training, but I think the key message is, is you've got to maintain that uh, strength and conditioning work so you don't have that injury reoccurring. Um, and for somebody who's coming back from a long time of no activity, just keep it really aerobic, very, very low intensity and spread it across all, all three sports until you've got a good couple of months of training under you and then, uh, and then look to, to ramp it up a bit from there.
It's really hard when you're in that situation, isn't it? Because uh, you're ultra aware of your body when you first start training. You know, you're going to be ultra aware of any little niggle you're going to have in your Achilles. And, and it's hard because sometimes it may be leading back to injury or sometimes it's just a part of getting through that first period of training. And, and that's a fine line. So it's it's a really tough situation, eh? Totally. And, uh, and I mean, I was just uh, going to see a guy today who's um – Who's, he's done quite a bit in the past, done coast to coast and things like that, and he's just easing back into it. He said, I've basically done nothing for a year. Um, so far this year in January, I've done five to six mountain bikes, and I want to build up for, for you know a 50K mountain bike race. And uh, so he's coming back from doing very, very little, and he's just got to be really smart and just, just take it very, very gently for the first two months, and then he can start to ramp it up. So yeah. just got to be careful when you get back into it, especially with speed work and high-intensity stuff. Okay, well, Richard sent through an email, and it's just we're talking about uh, Fegan's question about having a baby, and he just got a comment here. Ironman training with a newborn is just not compatible. I have a four-month-year-old little girl and have no intention of doing Ironman this year, in fact, any triathlons. Firstly, it's not fair on your other half. I am training requires you to be dedicated, selfish, and predominantly out of the house on your own with your mates or with your mates. Having a baby is exactly the opposite. You need to be understanding, flexible, and around to do your bit. I still want to keep fit and training is an important part of my lifestyle. Therefore, the focus this year has been reverted to a single discipline training marathon. I get to do my runs <coughs> excuse me, in the week, 10-mile standard run to work in the morning, podcast on, nice. Uh, I can run at lunchtime and put 90-minute run on the weekends it doesn't break up the family bank the idea of riding five hours on a regular in a uh the idea of a five-hour ride in a regular swim set just doesn't work next year will be an altogether different i'm pretty much doing nothing as it will be focused on my work and tra- running shooting for the olympics and paralympic games i am in 2013 so i mean yeah so, so he was really so just saying interesting that oh, you go yeah, and and, uh, and, I, and I agree. Um, I managed to do wrote when Thomas was uh, one. Um, so, but that was a fairly short build up. I think I did like a, a sixteen week build up, and in the same time, um, I can I train during the day most of the time. You know, I think one weekend um, day each week. I think I was doing a um, a reasonable amount of training, but I'd get up fairly early and do that, and then have Sundays as uh, as family day. And let's be honest, like but you're, you're a, a guy who's been an athlete for like thirty years. You know, like. You you know like you're you're not the norm, you know you can. I, I didn't start when I was I I didn't start when I was four, Bevan. You did too. Don't like. I wouldn't have been far off. That's <laughs> the thing. You know what I mean? Like it's like you've been an athlete your yeah. whole life, so you can kind of just turn up and go. Okay, we'll do a ten week block for this race. Whereas general public, you know, the idea of training for an Ironman at this period, you know, maybe if you've done triathlon for a longer period of time, you can do what John does. But for most people, you know, for Ironman, you know, it's definitely not the time to be thinking about, especially doing your first Ironman. But you know, kids are that commitment, aren't they? Exactly, and unless you have the flexible job, and if you're doing, if you're working thirty hours a week or something, and you can, you know, you can do your training, um, just you know, from work or whatever, then might be um, feasible. But unless, if you're if you're a regular nine to fiver, it's going to be very very difficult. Okay, John, we've got a joke of a weekend. To be honest, I thought it was pretty poor, but you, you've gone with it. <laughs> I've gone with it. <laughs> you've gone with it. So, so you want to do it? Steve Steve Bambler Bambler sent it in. Um, all the best for 2011. Keep the great shows coming. Still laughing at the Macca won't win Kona episode. Well, he's not going to win this year. He, he got lucky last year. <laughs> um, and his joke is, what's it? Di- <laughs> he's probably going to smack me when we get to Kona this year. <laughs> what's the difference between Iron Man and Iron Woman? I don't know, John. What is the difference between Iron Man and Iron Woman. 
one complete is completed in under 17 hours and the other is an instruction. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. That's funny. But, and then he's got, get it, Iron Woman. Yeah, it's, it's no, I'm, 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 I'm aborting from this one, John. You can take responsibility for that one. It's, it's just shocking. It's a sexist, it's a sexist comment, and I'm disgusted you sent it in, Steve. <laughs> you just look yourself in the mirror and pull your socks up. Yeah, jeepers, creepers. Where's the world coming when we have all the sexism like this going on? John, and you're just, just promoting hate. You're just promoting hate, John, not love. <sighs> That's right. Okay, yeah. sponsors. Athlinks.com. Get your rivals involved. Coffeesofwai.com. Turn up weekly. And extreme endurance. Uh, get the top while you're there as well. Okay, John, what's your goss? Give me your goss. Any other thing? Oh, just quickly. Goss. Quick things. I've, I've released that podcast I was talking about last week. I've released it now. Um, getting a huge amount of great feedback about it. It's the guy who wrote the book, uh, The End of Overeating. Um, a guy called David A. Kessler. I've actually put a link to it on our Facebook page. I've also put a link to it on our I Am Talk page this week. But if you want to check it out, you can go to bevanjamesisles.com and it's on there. I really highly recommend it. And it's not, not just for yourself, but it's for other people who you may think are struggling with their eating. It's, it's a really great interview. So check it out. And uh, what's happening in my world? We had the latest round of the Contact Tri Series in Christchurch at the weekend, oh, which is our sort of national triathlon series. Um, for, the house of travel race uh, was all over it, Bevan. We were all over it. Really? Um, I don't know. They, they, they started their race at 8 o'clock in the morning. Um, so it was a real mission to go. And that was for the, the age group race and the elite race started together. So to get out there and spectate was actually quite a mission. Um, but one of my boys took it out, first place, took out the race, Tom Davison, which was nice to see. Absolutely took out, took decimated out the, the, the whole the elite field? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um he got on the bike and just, I thought it was going to be a bit of a draft fest because it was a non-drafting race on a flat course, got on the bike and uh, he just absolutely destroyed them all, put a minute and a half into them and 20k on the bike. So that was pretty impressive. And then uh, hung on the run, which was very, very good. Um, and outside of that, uh, I have, uh, yesterday was my official start to the build up to the Christchurch Marathon. So I need to pull my finger out. December and January have been uh, a bit weak on the training front. December was busy getting ready for that race in January with uh, school holidays has been a bit of a mission. Um, but kids, are, well, Tommy's back at preschool, so it's all good. So marathon training has commenced. When, when's, when's Other than that, Bevan. entry open? I thought it opened today, but is it March the 1st, is it? Uh, I can't remember, but it's open, open pretty soon. Yeah. It's in September. Yeah. It doesn't fill up straight away. It does fill up, though. Uh, so, John, my Bevan, what's happening today. in your world? Oh, yes. Oh, can you remember Cash me high. Yes, vaguely. Yeah, yeah, it was a bit daunting. Yeah. See, my daughter doesn't care. A bit daunting. Because I'm in Auckland tonight, or today, and tomorrow I go back tomorrow. And uh, so I rang her, I've been ringing her over the last couple of days, you know, you know, how's it all going? And, you know, you're nervous. She goes, oh, no, Dad, it's just another day at school. <laughs> what about being nervous and stuff? She goes, nah, I'm doing, you know, I'll be right, Dad. So. Yeah. I, I think, I guess for her, because she's progressing to a high school that probably most of her, I'd say a large bunch of her friends from primary school are going to, then yeah. it's probably a bit different. But I remember when I went to high school, I went to a school that basically one person from my school went to, and uh, and and so you just didn't know anybody, so that was pretty daunting. Oh, yeah, big time. Yeah. And that's where sport is an amazing, amazing yeah. way of getting connected. Because I was good at sports, um, you know, you get connected with people really quickly, so it was uh, wasn't wasn't too bad. But just just need to, I needed sports season to kick into action pretty quick. 
Nice, nice sports season. Bring, bring on sports. So she's got high <laughs> What else been happening? Not much. Really, just been up in Auckland doing my aerobic stuff here. We've got a big night tonight. So we've got to get, deliver, and uh, but the team's doing really great. So it's kind of cool. Uh, no, John, I'm a little bit. I've been thinking about my life lately. I've been a little bit boring, John. And you know, because you know, there's lots of good stories to tell. In the last couple of weeks, I've just had nothing to tell, John. I went to see Tron, 3D IMAX. Right. Yeah, that was a bit disappointing. Yep. So there was, yeah, okay. There wasn't much do we have an IMAX? In, do we have an IMAX in Christchurch? I've no, never, I've IMAX, never been. Admittedly, IMAX is pretty, like Tron the movie. <clears throat> the graphics was pretty phenomenal, and IMAX. I think it's a ten-story building, mate. So it's it's like you just your eyes mm. just and the three D is pretty impressive, but the, the story was weak. So uh, so that's, yeah, bit of it down. But yeah, no, that's that's. I don't really have much to say. I need okay. Next week, our job, John, is for you not to talk about training. And for, and for me. Oh, that's what people. That's what people want to hear. That's what people want to hear. I'm sure they love it. They, they're going through the they're going through the spring marathon build up with me, whether they like it or not. I tell you and if it's I'm cold, Trikey Deck is going to be hell to pay. I tell you what I'm doing next week. One of my mates is doing one of those fight for lives, and um, you know, like so he's doing like a charity boxing match, and I'm getting to be in his corner, and like so I'm like you know you know support crew in the corner, so I'm looking forward to that, and I'm thinking I'm going to cut him just you know just so I can feel the experience. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it in. When's I'll your fight for life thing coming? When's your coming? You're supposed to be barring up for that. No, no, I, I rejected it because you guys told me I shouldn't do it. I would have done it, but that's true. said don't. So, yeah. Although I didn't end up doing the yeah. race I was going to do, did I? I can't remember. But, yeah. So, next week, our mission, John, is to have a good story. You can't talk about it. Okay. Training, and I'll, I'll, I'll tell I've got my, I've got my, I've got a good story right, right now. What is it? So, my son has just walked into my office yeah. and he's wearing a pair of. Um, Poland uh, football shorts. Nice. He's got. I think he may have Poland uh, football jersey top underneath. Maybe. Maybe not. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. He's got a pink dress on. He's got some fairy wings on his back. Very pink pretty, fairy wings. And then he's got a white headband with uh, with uh, pink spots on it. He sounds like he should be working so in the industry. <laughs> that's all really encouraging. <laughs> oh, good time. So that'll do for this week's show. Okay, mate. Rightio, then. Let's rip it up. I'm Russ. I'm Mendo. Train hard. Train smart. Kia, Kia kaha. Kaha. <laughs> Nice. <laughs>